girlfriend? No, no, sorry. Give someone you're interested in. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of. We'll forget about sort of. You know what? Take her out. You understand me? Sir. Movies, dinner. Technical foul. Down? You want to be the loudest? Well, I just want to make I sure that I, gen- I think you generally go, come to go the higher. I mean, like, decibel level wise, you're always. Probably not like, I haven't technically yeah. started. I was just letting us get comfortable and that, riff for a moment. That machine to me screams Shark Tank. And it's just like the invention is that it's just like, water. Who did they know at Kickstarter? And that's why you know they can right. go to Shark Tank. And that's board. why you need I a see shark. It. I was thinking it was a okay. Shark. And again, just to refresh, it is just a water machine. But there's air in the water. There's air in all water. Carbonated. And it tastes like it's blueberry. A scenario. And there was allegedly some massive like boulder of wet ones in the London sewer system that needed to be like... Like a rat king of... Yeah, like a rat king of like shitty wipes. And it had to be broken up with like industrial strength houses. London Bravest. Oh, sorry. I didn't see you there. You wild and elegant Screedlers. It's me, Staff Only, the studio manager for the Humor and the Abject podcast hosted by Sean J. Patrick Carney. It's been kind of a sassy week, right? Ha ha ha. You already know. One more time. Louder. For the people in the back. Today's episode is brought to you by Traverse City, Michigan, the cherry capital of the world. Whatever happened to playtime? Someplace between school and careers. We lost the time we longed for most. The time when we could do anything we wanted. Playtime. Two words that inspire imagination, inspire laughter, inspire dreams. There is a place that remembers playtime. It was built for it. Nestled at the base of the Grand Traverse Bay stands Traverse City. Car from the Emerald Green Hills, the bay water's a little warmer, the wind a little softer, the sand a little more playful. And all around the miles of sugar sand lakeshore, playtime reigns. Bike through miles of pristine pines, hike up the towering dunes of Sleeping Bear, and witness some of the most glorious sunsets ever created. So let's dig our toes into Traverse City. Because rediscovering the joy of playtime is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode six of Humor in the Abject, the podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney, and a special thanks to Darcy Wilder for joining me again this week on co-hosting duties. We welcomed two extremely wild and elegant gentlemen, Stephen Phillips Horst and Eric Allen Schwartow. They are the comedians behind the monthly talk hole. Uh, no straights allowed. It's a war on heteronormativity. We had a great time talking to them. Without further ado, here's our conversation with them. Give that a go again. Okay. <laughs> we do. Uh, Stephen and Eric, welcome to Human the Abject. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's a huge honor to be here. You're both welcome so much. Thank you. Uh, joining me also is my co-host, Darcy Wilder. I'm Darcy Wilder. Nice. Uh, gentlemen, what's Ooh. new? Wow. That's, I mean, <clears throat> what a question. Where do you even start? Um, no, I mean, I just want to say, you know, this is such a dream to be here in the... Are we allowed to say where we are? Mm -hmm. So we're in the Kickstarter headquarters. We were here many months ago. I was wondering um, if we were going to go out the gate with this, but oh, well, let's I, do it. Okay. Well, I just... It seems like you're deflecting, like, not answering the question. What's new? Because maybe there's, like, nothing new. You're going back to, like... He's like, what's new? And you were like, well, in November. Yeah. Wow, That's okay. the last time. I'm into happened. it. No, 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 no. I mean, drag me across the hot coals and I deserve it. Because what's new is... Drag you across, across this... That yellow thing on my hand this morning, which I don't know what it was. Is it still there? Well, it's... It, it's gone. It's still it a little bit there. I was worried it was some sort of condition. 
Oh, like a jaundice? Yeah, like, like a, a jaundice, like some. Yeah. It did look like jaundice. Some sort of STD. Um, okay. But Eric assured me that he had it too, which made me think it's definitely it's an fine. STD. <laughs> I had that, had it. Okay. A very slimmer thing. We both it was at my house, so. Well, what happened in November? So, <laughs> we. Um, I mean, what didn't happen? A lot, a lot happened. I mean, we were all there, right? We all experienced it. Darcy wasn't there. Humor her. Well, we were yeah. there, and we, we were we were alive, right? Yeah. We saw, you know, sort of this real, real like shift in how we view the Ooh. world potentially, Ooh. right? You know, yeah. everything we kn- knew was ripped out from underneath us. Um, but we had decided to host a bit of, a, of a, an event here at the Kickstarter headquarters, which oh party, amazing party. It um, was a good party. I did hear about this party. Yeah, unlimited p- booze. Unlimited booze. There was f- f- photographic sandwiches. Opportunities. A huge sandwich. Big thirty foot, forty foot sandwich. Um, huge turnout. A lot of best lot of people. turnout ever of an election party at Kickstarter headquarters. Absolutely. Historic. Historic. Congratulations. And the space is gorgeous. You know, I would say you have a nest, Eric. Having been to your home and seen, there's a lot of outside on the inside. There's a lot of like dirt and leaves Mm. and twigs and. I think a domestic space is like a sort of nest in a way. I like to think of it that way. It's something just super cozy. Right, but flimsy. That you've made yourself. Yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. flimsy. Like you could, it could blow away at any, Mm any minute. Open. Yeah. Where was where was both of your original nests? My I nested first in the Greater Boston area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gorgeous space. If you ever been up there, highly recommended. Um, great people. Really tense city. Really, really aggressive. A lot of anger. Um, a lot of Irish Catholic people. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, you know, that's where I grew up. Um, good people. Good pasta. <laughs> Never touched. And then I went to uh, NYU, which is a great school, as you know. Um, Historic yeah. school. I mean, it was a very, very normal trajectory, I would say. You know, Newton, it's a very Jewy suburb. Um, and then I went to NYU, which is, you know, it's similar, similar idea. Mm-hmm. Do you um, have any feelings about, like, Matt Damon? I think he looks great. And I love those Bourne flicks, and I'm always torrenting them. They're just—it's a great escape, and I think he's done well for himself. One of our sponsors on the last episode was uh, Ben Affleck's 2010 Boston Mm -hmm. crime thriller, The Town. Oh, great movie! Yeah, Yeah. fucking great movie. Blake Lively kills it. (laughs) She's hot in that. Do you think so? Mystic yeah, River. I was thinking Mystic River was what you were gonna say because I have seen that. The Town's better, I think. I think it's about a movie. I love the river in Mystic. Yeah. That that's always kind of one of your favorite. You like you like scenery a lot, I notice. Landscapes. You're always talking about how you love is like too much of a carry. Yeah. And where are you from? Um, well, thanks for asking. (laughs) Do you guys have a minute? Um I was born in Miami, Florida. Um and no, I did not decide this, but I moved around quite a bit as a child. I would have loved to grow up in a place that, um, you know, where, where I like grew up with my friends and like we grew up together, but instead my parents wanted me to see the world and I was just like, fine. So we like traveled around a lot when I was um, young from, uh, from Miami, went to Cleveland, Ohio, then to uh, back to Miami, then to London, England, Brussels, Belgium, and then California um, in 1998, where I stayed uh, through high school and then went to Vassar College in the Hudson River Valley, um, and then moved to LA and then moved back here, and I've been here for seven years. It's, I mean, it's like Barack Obama, I would say, right? That kind of international upbringing, and it's so deeply influenced your perspective on art and the world, I would say. Yeah, where I did had you two to grow up fast? <laughs> yeah, I did. Where did you two meet then, in New York? How did your paths cross? Oh, uh, well, so much pain and trauma, anger, and resentment, and love. Yeah, um, betrayal. Betrayal. For for probably first betrayal. Treachery. Mm-hmm. High on the list. Um, I don't remember the first time I met you. I well, I remember the first time I I was aware of you. Really? Well, I just I remember being 
I had, um, well, I guess we'd maybe seen each other on Twitter, early days of Twitter. It wasn't, you know, wasn't free like for it all is it is now. today. We, the president wasn't No one very was active. even, yeah, saying the word, the T word. Long story short, I may have slept with your my, boyfriend, my boyfriend at, at the, the time. time. <laughs> but, you know, gay men in New York, here's the thing. There's not, there's only so many. Mm-hmm. And eventually they all sleep with each other. Which I didn't really necessarily realize at the time. Um, I've since come around um, literally to <laughs> the idea. You know, I just realized, you know, New York is, is just, you know, it's a hedonistic, drug-filled den of sin. Mm. and Sodom um, and Gomorrah. Mm. Yeah, so I just, you know. Um, mostly Sodom. I, for- <laughs> I forgive and forget, you know, really fast. <laughs> um, Very so, forgetful. For better or for worse. But I do remember we were at an old venue called Steel Drums, and I don't know if you remember it, over on Beetle Street and uh, kind of Greater Greenpoint. It was one of those DIY spaces. You remember 285 mm-hmm. Kent Glassons, you know, the good old Happy. days, right? I mean, they don't make them like that anymore, nope. right? Um, it's all coffee shops and condos. And we were there, and I remember coming up to you, and you had this dyed blonde hair pulled back. I mean, it was a real... Like pre Macklemore look or oh, something. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I like tried. I like tried to talk to you, and you like iced me out. And I remember thinking, like, like texting my best friend, being just like, "My God, like I'm just burning bridges left and right in this town. Like I just like I'm not gonna make it. Like I'm too much of a whore." Um, and she was just like, "You're so dramatic. Like fuck off." Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Regretting that I didn't keep that ice <laughs> wall up yeah. at this point. Think of how farther you'd be. Well, what's, oh, yeah, tell us about Talk Hole. I think we just did. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, um, you know, we wanted to, um, you know, I, I, got in, we, I got into comedy um, you know, kind of through you, actually, Sean, and, and your, your nights at uh, Bruce High Quality. Um, and Stephen was doing comedy as well. And um, we just decided we wanted to do this show because we had been to a lot of comedy shows and been dappling, but like wanted, we're seeing things we liked and we're seeing things we didn't like. Mm. And we wanted to be able to do something that we called our own. I, I do want to say, I do think that originally it was just an excuse to go to Miami. So, <laughs> the, so that Which was it does I think inform our perspective to a large extent. I mean, absolutely, and and that's kind of I think by doing suffer on our own, it's about kind of building those connections to right. take us to to higher places. But right, because we wanted to, you know, I had been to we all know Art Basel. It's a place to see and be seen and party in Florida in the middle of the winter. And I was like, you know, I don't want to just go to Basel and just, like, show up at friends' events. I want to, like, have a reason to be there. What if we did an event, you know? Comedy and, and in the, you know, next to an art fair. Was like, that at Sandbar? Yes. That was at Sandbar. I was um, at that. It got, um, the audience was... So that event was... Interestingly receptive. It was a learning experience, insane, I would call it. Insane learning experience. Yeah. Um, Really good to divide kind of the bar area from um, the the performance space. Yeah, um, there was some that's noise. recommended because you oh, get noise yeah. pollution, and cross pollution. Cer- certain locals didn't like my presentation of nude images of myself. Right, <gasps> you um, did. Th- I remember the first time I saw you was at one of Sean's nights, and it was a nude slideshow. That yes. Was like Maybe 200 pictures of yourself. It was an endless... I remember demanding that you cut that down by half. Yeah, but I felt like it had to have a durational quality Mm -hmm. to it. um, Does it ever. Yeah, so um, we had our own... We had a lot of interest in, um, you know, doing something... Taking space. Taking space. So we had this event called Lal Nada, and it was like a few different people and like we had Katie Jen Ellis in there who's a mm-hmm. comedian we had writer rips who's not you know a stand-up mm-hmm. comedian per se no Rachel Lord is also not a stand-up comedian we had some like artists and comics we kind of like okay we're gonna like create this sort of mishmash event but then was like in this weird space and all these people were didn't know that they were there for a comedy show and so you know you had this awkward thing and I remember that night Casey actually who's a, I'm a huge fan of who's a brilliant 
comedian obsessed. and artist. Absolutely obsessed with her. And she told me later that night, we were, I think this was also the same night that Michael threw a sandwich at Klaus Biesenbach, which is a separate story. Um, but she was like, don't book the show that you don't want to see. Hmm. And it was, you know, it was one of those great sort of truisms that, you know, people pass down and you learn along the way as they're climbing the ladder and you just, you tuck that away and you remember it. Cause it and it's true, you know, don't put together this show that you would just be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And, and was, I got that tattooed on my you back, did. actually. So. And then you guys brought that back to New York though? Cause we, you started. Yeah. So we, we, that was our first show that we did together. And I think we like saw like kind of the potential of it. And then we came back to New York and I had done. Well, Oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, one of the great things, though, about when everything goes wrong is is you lose that that fear. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, well, fuck it. I'll just do whatever the fuck I want. And I remember feeling so loose and free when I was like performing it that night. Because I was like, this doesn't fucking matter. These people don't even care. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you feel this release. And it was one of the first times I'd really felt that release on stage. And I was like, we got to keep doing this. Yeah, I got caught up in the drama. The adrenaline was rushing. There was a lot of like kind of tension in the room, which I really thrive off of. Mm. And uh, we wanted more. So mm. we, uh, I had done karaoke a few times at Asia Roma. It was this cute little basement spot that was very like strange because it was an Italian Asian fusion restaurant and it was just off the beaten path and it didn't have comedy shows, but I thought it'd be perfect because we wanted to like kind of carve out our own space, take space, as mm. Steven said. So we decided to host it there and book comedians we like, um, mostly women, mm-hmm. gay men. We made a rule to not book straight guys from the very beginning. So and sorry, we, Sean. And and it's not excluding me. Otherwise, you'd have been in the first. You would have been. The, uh, but I'm curious though Wait, about sorry, creating just that. Just rewind for one second there. <laughs> you just kind of mentioned <laughs> something about maybe your sexuality Are that you makes bi? you sort of interesting it's to dive into a little bit. It's 2017, gentlemen. M- maybe we're real. being too conservative about it. We're the ones creating we're the lines. Super binary. No, but we're I, like yeah. very 80s. <laughs> no, we are. You're right. Sean. I mean, he's from, as you heard, he's from California, yeah. Miami, which is like a very 80s thing. Mm. But I do want to ask you guys because we've had, um, I've talked to like Jabuki and Amy and Anna and all these people, and one of the things that keeps coming up is in the last few years, people have really felt like um, the same thing that you guys are expressing, that they wanted to carve out some space and create something that they didn't see themselves represented in. And even though Talk Hole is very funny and kind of irreverent and all these things, it really clearly, like in the beginning lineups and looking at it, it was a really intentionally booked show. And I think that that was one of the things that stood out. And I remember trying to go to, maybe it was the second or third one or something, and you couldn't get to the stairwell to get downstairs. There were so many people there. And Thank you. Wow. Well, it sucked. I had to leave. I couldn't. <laughs> it was, get a book was, a bigger again, space. Yeah, it was a little, get a mid-sized <laughs> venue. And that's another tip. It's just like with an intimate space, <laughs> you can really pack it. Very and small. Having it be super crowded and hard to get into just like does make you appear popular. It increases the hype for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, no, I would say it was, there was like, we were super intentional at the beginning. We were just like, we have to find these people who are like, different and alt and bring it to perspective and like we didn't want hacks we didn't want basics we didn't want like anybody who kind of does like your standard observation like you know there had to be some edge had to be something different something weird and then also this thing where we're just like you know we have to have some diversity in the lineup and like and not and not that there aren't really funny straight male comics out there but like just like at the beginning it was like okay there's so much straight male comedy we're kind of trying to get away and you know, if you've been to open mic nights, you kind of know, oh, like, yeah. there's, it's so, there's so many straight guys getting up and talking about jacking off and smoking weed. And it was kind of like, oh, you know, just like, mm. let's just maybe like actively choose to like really get away from that. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was also about tearing away from the aesthetic of comedy a little bit. And like mm-hmm. that kind of, cause we had seen this kind of art, you know, like art, a lot of art spaces were doing more performance type stuff. And I was going to a lot of stuff more within the art world. But I, so I was seeing a lot of humor kind of like slowly kind of entering and pulling. And I was much more accustomed to that than the like kind of red curtain, like bad bar and like East Village, like stand up scene. So I wanted to kind of like kind of extrude people who I saw doing something that was like more interesting are you doing, I was really interested in people who were doing visual things with comedy, like like Anna and doing slideshows and stuff like that, and also Casey. Um, so, and I think in terms of how we promoted the night, we wanted to like always like 
make it seem like something totally new, like in the promotional strategy, even though we were doing it in the same space. So it stopped. It, it didn't have the appearance of being a bar show necessarily, where it was just we list the people and say like, you know, $5 beers like all night. It was more of like every month was this whole kind of production, even though mm -hmm. behind the scenes it was ultimately just in the same place. But but that also, that evolved to it. We, we weren't being so like con like having these like concepts we needed to stick to at the beginning. And then like the more we did it, like we found more in like inspiration fun from like creating these, trying to be more like I an idea about each one. Yeah, like rebrand, yeah, just the way we rebrand the the um, talk hole as to like what it is. Which and also I think comes out of the work that we do as well. Because sure, I, I work sure. as a copywriter at a branding agency and Eric does uh, I do editorial, editorial work. work for sort of publishers, publishers I believe. Yeah, our publishers. Do they know about, does your job know about your secret life, or is it a secret life? It's not, and you know, one thing I'm trained to do, like, lots is like compartmentalize my life, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Just like let the things be, like let it bleed. Like a like, holistic, yeah. absolutely. Like live truthfully, like, you know. Right, like I'm a whole person, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not just, it's not just 10% of me in this room right now, it's all of me right here. So mm -hmm. that's something that I've definitely tried to incorporate and my coworkers mm -hmm. are very much aware of my comedy show and they have come several times and sometimes they leave in the middle and they're kind of freaked out and then they say like, oh, it's weird at the office. Um, <laughs> but sometimes they're like huge fans and they're just like, I'm obsessed with you and I'm just like, I get it, I'm gay. And you're, mm -hmm. I knew you were going to throw in someone saying how obsessed with you they are. Stephen's <laughs> favorite topic of conversation is saying, is like saying someone is like obsessed with me. It's not a, it's not, it's not a, I'm not starting a new topic. Is I'm it not like being Janice like next. Ian? Like, I'm sorry you're obsessed like, with me. Oh, I used to live in Africa with all the little birdies and the little monkeys. You know what? It's not my fault you're like in love with me or something. What? Oh no, she did not. That's know that reference. What is that? It's a Mean Girls reference. Where right. It's like, I'm sorry, you're obsessed That's with me. That's a great reference. I am it's, not a mean girl. <laughs> I feel like it's like the quintessential, I... like, obsessed thing. Like, a lot of, anyway. Yeah. Really? I mean, I'm obsessed with Steven. I also, uh, me too. And I am a mean girl, so. <laughs> hey, Mean Girls, we got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back because I want to hear some more about the construction of the different themes for the shows because that's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Traverse City is a city in the U.S. state of Michigan. It is the county seat of Grand Traverse County, although a small portion extends into Leelanau County. It is the largest city in the 21-county northern Michigan region. The population was 14,674 at the 2010 census, with 143,372 in the Traverse City micropolitan area. The Traverse City area is the largest producer of tart cherries in the United States. Near the time of cherry harvest, the city hosts the annual week-long National Cherry Festival in the first full week of July, attracting approximately 500,000 visitors annually. The surrounding countryside also produces grapes, and is one of the centers of wine production in the Midwest. Tourism, both summer and winter, is another key industry. The Traverse City area features varied natural attractions, including freshwater beaches, vineyards, a national lake shore, downhill skiing areas, and numerous forests. In 2009, TripAdvisor named Traverse City the number two small town travel destination in the United States. In 2012, the city was listed among the 10 best places to retire in the U.S., by U.S. News. Visit the nasty ass fuck out of it. You won't be sorry that you did. It's pronounced Traverse City, Stephanie. I'm sorry, Sean. That's totally my bad. Right. I just mean it's extra anxiety inducing because yeah. the entire time that I'm doing this, I'm kind of walking through it. I'm thinking, oh, and that's also going someone outside of this room is going to hear me also say that kind of thing. But, right. Wow, yeah. Like not to. Sometimes it's better for the guests not to think that, so they say like crazy. I don't things. want you to say like, you don't want us to be like <laughs> censoring <laughs> ourselves. And like, I kind of not really like authentic. I, yeah, I kind of feel like you guys are gonna say whatever the fuck you want. You don't want to like shock jock <laughs> yeah. us and have like be Howard Stern and then like take our words and then replay them when we're running for president. 
the first gay Just... two gay guys that's running for <laughs> that would that would be how it goes down they would just be like well you need like two of them yeah. two yeah. gay people equals one person <laughs> it's like talk hole does what is it the white house yeah yeah white hole yeah, wait, that, wait oh let's think God. about that. Oh. <laughs> that could be an Talk upcoming house. theme, I suppose. We need a lot of bleach for that. <laughs> Maybe well, I'm wrong. They're all fucking capitalist pigs, yeah. right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. great. Li- liberal cool. swill. Yeah. Um, but that reminds <coughs> me. Um, you're talking about the themes of each show. Yes. Um, would you like to, how do you decide what they are and how do you work around that, get everyone on board? We, I mean, we fight bitterly for months and that's why the shows mm-hmm. happen so sporadically. Mm-hmm. Um, Physically or is it all emotion? No, it's verbal, it's over the phone, it's over email. Text. <laughs> misinterpreted text. kind of tone in text messages. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's misinterpreted. <laughs> no, it's very, <laughs> <laughs> I think everything is interpreted correctly. Pretty clearly, yeah. Um, no, I, you know, it, 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 like, sometimes it's like a little bit what's going on in the world right now, but we try, we try to gravitate towards things that we're, that we feel like most excited and inspired. We look around us in this crazy city, you know, we see subway ads that inspire us. Right. Yeah. I mean, the one that, what was, was it? Was Kohol the one that, um, had all of this sort of Fiverr branding? That That was before. That was before. So that, that one, we had seen the Fiverr ads and... Because that felt very, like, immediate. Yeah, I, I was just sort of picked that. up on those ads, and all of a sudden you guys had a whole show mm-hmm. branded with that with advertising for it. And that seemed like a really quick turnaround. Bam. It, well, I mean, you we know... We are professionals. We are huge professionals. You're contradicting yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I you mean, know, it's... we know that the look matters. <laughs> I want to seem profe- more professional. I know? think you could... I think, well, yeah, I think you should. Yeah. I think that's a good goal for you to have, <coughs> short-term and long-term. Um, I am an extremely well-paid copywriter at an internationally renowned branding agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I live copy, I breathe it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at that shit in the subway every goddamn day, and I've got ideas running around my head. And I see the trends. I see them coming a mile away. You're talking about, you know, no it's going to happen in three seconds. I know it's going to happen three months, three years from now. I know where these brands are going. I know what Casper's doing. I know what they're up to. So I'm seeing, and I'm going... That it just feels. It felt like you say immediate, mm-hmm. and we t- we talk about well, advertising. It was something all the we had time. seen and we're making fun of together, yeah. and then like we later noticed, like other people were making fun of it, and just seemed like something everyone saw on a daily basis. So it mm-hmm. seemed like really good material to like, you know, base the show around because you know we do every month. So it's like that's a good. I mean, in terms of turnaround, like we could turn it out fast. Yeah. And, you know, I did some of the, de- I usually do the design, the, the kind of parody design, and then Stephen does the copy, and then we kind of do a whole promotional strategy that'll occasionally have videos and sometimes just be more of like a flyer, you know? Yeah. But it's 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 an idea that we just try to like loosely pin everything around, but and sometimes we get a more literal, so that, that copy one, we did like a slideshow of ads we saw on the subway, mm-hmm. and we talked mm-hmm. about them. And you know, it was a, there was a you know a little device we could use to improvise on stage, but it's also it's something to get people in the goddamn door. You know, is yeah. it hard to get performers to get on with like a thematic show, or do you <coughs> think that people enjoy the opportunity to do something that's not their regular five or seven? They, I would say, they don't know or care. <laughs> yeah, I would say in general, there's like. I mean, I think certain people are excited by it, but I think a lot of times, I mean, we don't necessarily ask people to, uh, you know, base their sets around the theme. Sure. So, I mean, in some ways, we're the ones kind of using that as a frame, and then we kind of let them do their thing as, like, yeah. the breath of, uh, like, a different voice. We need the we, crutch more than they do, you know? Yeah, I mean, we, we exactly. And I think that the, we have, as, as hosts, it, 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 I think it just situates the audience in this world that we've created and then let's we let the comedians do their thing mostly i think that's the best way of doing it i feel like when you like tell people what to do without like a lot of like planning ahead of time it doesn't always like work out the way we want to i mean but we've also have like themed it a little bit or had people do things specific that we specifically asked oh occasionally on some on some of our field trips yes yes 
we've taken a few. We went to Kickstarter for an election <laughs> show. We had a show at a gallery up in Harlem. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar, but that's uh, we did a debate at BHQ. Right, and so that we had specific people play characters. We had we were at American Medium. That was kind of a weed themed one. Was it wasn't particularly that um, yeah I rigorously know. thematic um, in the conceptual sense, but. But yeah, usually you know, we just kind of let them do what they do. And we, you know, we do the framing. And you're always saying you love to be a frame, you love to be a wall, yes. you love to sort of be the gallery itself, exactly. if you will. And the works are the performers, if you want to send that metaphor. Me, yeah, I like just to yeah. like it is things were inspired. Like Cohole, I don't know if you guys saw that one that was like our last one. That was based on co-working spaces and like specifically like the wing yep. yeah like so I don't want to like specifically call them out and like there's I, only like two that people know about and it's WeWork, WeWork and the wing yeah and then there's this they're giant companies it's okay to say their name well I don't yeah. I mean it's the wing giant they only have two locations right now the wing is expanding yeah Darcy knows about this well this and Soho the um right. design or the font was actually from Neuhaus Noya House, which mm-hmm. is the uh, the luxury one version of the co-working spaces that's yeah. in. Wait, Noya LA. House is a co-working space. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was like a. No, I've what, been to it for like art events or something. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a venue. Oh well, God. it is. I mean, that's. But it's a membership club. But you oh. had there are there's office space. Um, oh, okay. And I found well. it, yeah, I had found out about it in L.A. and then I found out there was one in New York as well, and I realized it was a whole thing. But um, a whole. Thing. I went to a yeah. breather room once. When I had a job, oh, they'd talk to us to a breather room. What is a breather room? I didn't know what it was. And then on the way over here on the subway, I saw ads for it that were kind in that vein or whatever when it was just like when the execs need an offsite. It's offsite locations in like a corporate thing. Oh, like take a breather? Yeah. I thought it was we like did a, a team sensory building deprivation there. chamber and I got very excited. Yeah. Ooh. But no, a, but it's just like a space that's another space. It's a space. It's a room? You book it's it. Spa- it's this yeah. part of the space economy. It's I'm like just imagining going and it's just like there's an Wait. AC in the, like, and it's just like not as cute as it looks in the photos. And you're just like, okay, well, I'm in this room for like an hour. Yeah. They had the water bottles that look like flasks and donut plant donuts. But I think that the donut plant donuts were like my boss at the time. Oh, he brought them. Oh. Yeah. She brought them. He or she. Hmm. They brought he. them. Hmm. But yes. They brought them. There's, Please do there's not the opportunity. assume the gender of a, of a superior. I caught myself very quickly. Ooh. Oh, but yeah, they have like the the cool water. Or whatever. Yeah, anyway, breather. But I, oh. I found their ads. I was hearing about them like to be a little bit contradictory. Like they're really getting down this space of like the copy is so sassy. And mm-hmm. like and like it's like a human voice telling you. And they're just like, uh, yeah, like ping pong tables. Like take a back seat. Like we know you can't get work yeah. done in like the modern space. But then it's also advertising like a modern space. Mm-hmm. So it's. But they're different, but, you know, it's like, oh, those are terrible, but we get it. What are your opinions on copy? Like, what, I want to hear more about, you seem like you have a lot of opinions, and I'm just so curious. Yeah. If you can impart any wisdom. Sure. Yeah, I get a little blown away by how, like, when people visit New York, Mm -hmm. they're always like, why is every, I mean, I know why, because people write in Subway New Yorkers, but the level at which the hyper-specificity of the experience of being a Brooklynite or something has weaseled its way into every fucking ad campaign is don't they feel like they sound exactly like the other company? Like, isn't that a bad move? Boss face. What the <laughs> fuck? Oh my God. <laughs> I, the we sequel tweet to Boss Andrew Baby Cuomo. and Baby Driver. <laughs> Does Cuomo have boss face? Yeah. Well, but anyways, I think we could tweet at him and figure Steven, out. Steven, what's up with copyright now? And Eric, what's yeah. up with design? Because that's your, oh, that's yeah. your eye. Yeah. And I want to oh know what's God. going on Two in the Two different wheelhouses. One hole. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think Christ. I could easily speak to copy as Absolutely. well. I and I could speak. I sit yeah. in a lot of design I mean, meetings and I, I offer my unvarnished opinion. I apologize, oh I apologize I for making my, either of you a monolith. Actually, what's so funny is that people are so grateful for my opinion on design, like because I don't have a necessarily design background. So I kind of have that. Like that, you have a fresh eye, absolutely yeah. unspoiled, mm-hmm. uncorrupted. You know, Virginal. I heard I heard a graphic designer once said, "Everyone's a designer." Mm. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want it, you know what I mean. Yeah, and that, that's in. kind of a copy thing to say. Mm. Like, so he's kind of a copywriter, also. Yes. Being like, I love what you just thank did there. you. That was brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. See, I, you know, he just he's he, he's got something. 
You're impressive. So I want to just thank you. That's fine. Um, I, I think what you're referring to it, that you don't want to look like everyone else is exactly what's happening is that, you know, these agencies, even though the cool ones are like owned by bigger companies. And mm-hmm. so they're just like, we need to do what everyone else is doing. And then just like, I mean, I don't know how many times I've been in a meeting and I've had someone just be like, okay, like we want to be like the Instagram, but for healthcare or like someone. That doesn't even make sense. Right. Or just like, they are just like, <laughs> we, you know, like they make these illusions. They're just like, oh, have you seen what like Oscar's doing? It's like, yeah, we've all seen what Oscar's doing. Yeah. We talked about that just last week. Oh yeah. I was going to bring them up because they do the same thing. The, of the that, tweet like, drawings, yeah. the sans serif font. I mean, the little the, just the bat, like, yeah. li- like the illustrations that are just like used to, like 2008 type. I also shit. think you know, p- you know, comedy. It's people want to make these jokes, and so then it's it's funny when you see the kind of less designed brands and maybe like less big budget brands that are still trying to take this super sassy tone. They're just like, uh, "Hey, New Yorkers, we know the one thing that you love more than like getting on the subway is getting off the subway." And yeah, like, nice. And like, yeah, I identify with that. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Like a Catskill comedian by way of like <laughs> Bedford Avenue. Yes, a Catskill comedian. Absolutely, you're performing at Cove castles yeah oh my god or what's it no what's it called it's cove haven the cove oh it's like a one of those like you know vibrating heart-shaped bed resorts oh my god yeah yeah yeah. i understand um improv comedians better because my brother is one Mm. that makes sense yeah i was never mind what what, are you gentlemen do you yes yes oh i okay right because okay so Mm -hmm. i can't ask a question no (laughs) I can't say no, no, but yes, but I mean, yes, and I understand. Uh, wi- I don't understand women. Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, me either. Am I right? Yeah, I just I can't. I've never been around them. My mom worked. Hmm. Okay. Well, then you understand that sometimes that right they're busy. A, you yeah. Right. Okay. I was wondering Where'd... if I had authority issues with women today, and got like worried and wanted to like think about like fixing that problem. Was this in really I saw you Instagramming stories of the cat in your house today. The cat who is was female. <laughs> was that the authority figure you're referring to? Yes. Okay. She's she's Wait. making me work. That also reminds me on the subject of women in power mm. that one of the best there's the the women's march a few months after the election and one of my favorite tweets from it was yours. I think it was I have no idea which one. It went super. I think you've gone like super. But like I've looked and I've been like, oh my gosh, he did numbers. Where I think the caption was like, I didn't know what else to write, and you're holding two signs, and one oh, says yeah. golf sucks, and the other one just says Lena Dunham. Yeah, I'm a real, real <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I'm a real dick. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I am a little. You know, I have some issues with kind of apathy. Um, and I just, you know, that I've had a sense of feeling of not thing. knowing what to protest about and feeling like all signs were dumb and like, but I also like didn't like Trump, but I was, did want to be there, but I like could mm-hmm. only like process my feelings through humor. So like I made those yeah. signs and like came out and that was kind of like, that's just, I mean, that's very me, I guess. But thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I did sp- spend time to make the sign. Nice. You know, I'm sure yeah. and everyone's been, you know, a lot of time and all the organizers, thank you to all the organizers of the Women's March and Lena Dunham, thank you for Six seasons of girls and mm-hmm. golf. I do. I did play golf, and like, if my dad's listening, like, I do. I would play with you and again. And a lot like, of lesbians like golf as well. Although it does oh. represent kind of the old boys club, which mm-hmm. you know is what right. we're rallying against. And also Caddyshack, which also comedy boys club. Am I right? Totally. Bill Murray. Yes, which we're getting away from. Slap and putter. Yeah, know. they are not invited to talk. You can talk about no, Bill. Um, I've heard he's an asshole. Same thing with Steve Martin. Oh wait. Oh, I confused Steve Martin with Chevy Chase for a second. Oh, he seems nice. No, he, no, he's horrible. I've the rumors are that he's horrible. I think he's a. Ter- I believe he's categorically like oh. very terrible. Okay, I have. I mean, yeah. I've heard nothing. I just saw Steve Martin do his little earnest like ukulele BS at mm. City Winery once when I worked there as an usher many years ago before <laughs> I struck it big and. <laughs> I was not impressed, and I was annoyed by his over-earnestness. Mm. I just, I was like, get off your high chair, you know? Yeah. Wait, that does remind, I heard that way back when, like, sorry to pull out a trivia from the 70s, but on SNL, 
think it was Bill Murray and Chevy Chase got into an argument, and Bill Murray, as his dig at Chevy Chase, yelled, medium talent, which <gasps> is like, mm. to call someone, it's not no oh, talent, which wow. you could just write off and be like, oh, whatever. Just... Is it like milk toast? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. almost slightly above milk toast, which is like also so cutting. Yeah. People use that in uh, literary reviews a lot. Ooh. I'm it's honestly very... fine with medium talent. I think that's great. Most yeah. of us are it, about I'm all operating about, at about that level. I'm all about evening out, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't like extremes, you know? I think we can all be more, you know... Right. And tone you, it down. Yeah, tone it down. Let's all let's all win. And that's because you're a Libra. You believe in balance. Mm. I'm actually not a Libra. Oh. Hmm. And I know you know that. Oh, that was your pretty huh? Like the mist is what's pretty, you know? The gold and silver. Too bad it can't stay like that all the time. Nothing gold can stay. Huh? Nature's first green is gold. Her heart is here to hold. Her early leaves a flower. But only someone out. Subsides to leave. So eat the same degree. So dark is down today. Nothing gold can stay. Where'd you learn that? That's what I meant. Robert Frost wrote it. I always remembered it because I never quite knew what he meant by it. I gotta ask you guys about uh, about the art world and your relationship to it, and kind of how that continuously comes up as sort of the object of fun in a lot of what you're doing. And you did the video project with Nada that I have no idea how that uh, was greenlit or greenlighted or however you say that. Uh, let alone that they let you do it, that they let you release it online, and then they screened it at the fair and let you do an event. Um, but it seems like you both have a proximity to that and a pretty keen understanding of the mechanics of that world. And obviously there's a lot to satirize in that. And I'm just curious why the art world keeps being kind of a focus of what you're doing or that so many of the people that you kind of move around with seem to be also in that world. Yeah, just breathe. Just center if you, if you need to for this. Yeah, I mean, I guess the art world is um, a focus. Um, I mean, we just, um, I i mean, I've had a good experience. I've had bad experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely comes from our social work city in New York City. Everyone's trying to make it in the, you know, in the gallery ladder. Uh, you know, I, a lot of my friends went to art school. Nice. Yeah, you know, Art Institute of <laughs> Chicago, Micah, Rhoda, you know, RISD, Rhoda, all these kind of. Mm. What is it saying? Creatives. What is it? Rhoda. Road, 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 Rhode Island Academy. Nice, and it's a smaller outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, we, we I've been I've been going to these goddamn openings since I was twenty two. Same. Um, and you know, the fashion. Like, like, uh, there, there's some other kind of like adjacent worlds, but art in particular, it is. I mean, it is. It its bread and butter is its its pretension. Is its is its. You know, it's exclusivity, it's insularity, mm-hmm. it's it's specialness, it's it, it's intelligence, it's it's the they create this whole language to talk about themselves. And, and any sort of like specific area like has its own little lexicon, its own little vocabulary and era of exclusivity. But like I think arts is is so peculiar. I mean it's you know, it's for New York, but it's like there's there's just something like so uh I don't want to say that we're pretentious again. I mean, I think the highs are very high and the lows are very low, yes. and there's a, and it is all about access points. And I think even at, when you get on the inside, you still feel outside. So it's like this tension between being an insider and being an outsider that I think creates like a comic situation. And I think that that's the experience most people feel, like whether they're not, whether they're saying it or not. You always are like 
most for the most part if you're in the art world you know you're you're just kind of like bowing down for access or you know you you're this this star artist who's just getting like swept up it's just a lot about like it puts your personality out on the line and it's all about like social graces and mm -hmm. like social connections so i think that leads to a lot of moments um that are that are humorous and that people want to like take a breath and laugh at because i think there's a lot of like <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> say pain but like i mean it's just like it's it's a ridiculous uh field to like be involved in yeah that i mean it's inherently there's a lot of pathos in it mm -hmm. because everyone knows that they're not going to make it right and there's kind of a desperate uh attempt to engage it with this idea in the background that you might and i think that it is there is a lot of sadness in it um a whole lot of sadness in it and i think you're right that people welcomed people coming along and kind of creating these situations where we could laugh at it because it takes a little bit of the piss out of it. It takes some of the power out of it if people are coming from, whether they're insiders or outsiders, and being able to completely make caricatures of these different people that we've all met in the art world. Uh, I think that just makes people feel kind of like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who thinks that all these people are ridiculous, and maybe uh, maybe I'm just doing this for the love of it, and that's okay. Yeah, and I think because the facade, in it's like, an art fair is essentially a trade show, but the facade of it is such like it's this giant party. And usually in most industries, like a trade show is a trade show, you know, you're lugging your like, you know, your suitcase and you're like putting up your booth and you're like sitting all day just like trying to like hand business cards to people. And like the art world kind of like masks that to a certain degree <laughs> with all this like glitz and glamour. But like that ultimately is what happening and uh, what's happening. And I think that that you can, yeah, you can just sense the kind of tension, like the things people aren't saying in a way that keeps everyone very tense. And, and, I, and I think that's just also a very New York thing. Like I think the art world is a great like microcosm of, of New York um, and kind of clawing your way to the top and being vicious and like, and, and that, you know, that's why a lot of humor is also in New York. Um, yeah. So. I mean, in some ways it, it's similar to, it's almost more similar to the political world than to fashion. I don't know, no one's asking that, but... <laughs> You know, wow. because it is all about relationships and like so much of it is it's not just in the one product you make or this one moment, but it's like this amalgam of just like all of these, this whole like network of different people who are in and out of that world, whether it's like galleries, institutions, or fairs, or, you know, onlookers. Um, I mean, it's a, an extremely undemocratic in a way, is like what I guess right. I'm saying. So while, it's like, po while posing as a meritocracy or yes, something else, yeah. which it clearly is not. But but the people in it are like, there's an aesthetic that is like incredibly specific and incredibly cultivated, which there is not in politics per se. Like everyone in politics wears like a baggy suit. And it's, <laughs> it's just that there's no like thought to that. It just doesn't like, that's not what they care about in that world. And like the art world is like very, very like aesthetically concerned. So there's like so many more, as you say, access points to kind of like hone in on and mm -hmm. make fun of. And Do you think that that's part of what's going on with all of this stuff in, um, the way that comedy is changing around New York and the way that things shows and things like that are looking very differently and the types of shows that y'all put on and other people, um, increasingly I see people who normally would consider themselves performance artists and would be trying to go that route are really gravitating towards this more kind of inclusive and less pretentious comedy world. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not a trend forecaster, you know, I do work at a brand new agency. You just literally said you could see things three months in the future. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to. But you don't share them. Well, <laughs> that's true. Them. I'm sorry. Listen, oh, yeah. that's how true. much are you guys paying me to be here? That's true. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to fall my rate. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to make a blanket statement, but I simply mean that it's like people are defecting from this world that has you know, sort of promised maybe like 0.1% of you will get something out of this. And it's pretty clear that that's not happening. And so the people who are just kind of funnier and weirder seem to be moving over to this other realm that is mm. switching from what you guys identified earlier, which was a traditional East Village, you know, stand up uh, or open mic night or something like that. Or even, you know, what was available on HBO specials for comedy right. like 10 years ago. It's oh, radically I different. I think also, I mean, the, the, one of the r great things I think for, for comedy is also like, obviously like Twitter and like Instagram or just for art, for artists, like th these things, it just allows you to like gain a broader audience without having to go through like very like, high, like channels, like galleries and collectors and, and like industry people. And it's like a well, chance to get clubs. seen because like 
<laughs> you know, obviously, like I, I, it's it's not like we just think like artists are so dumb or comedians are so dumb. It's like we res- we obviously like are artists and comedians and we respect them and those are our peers. And like I think it just has a, it's like a way of of you have to create something and it's and there's so many ways to like have people see and find people who are like minded and you can easily find some pe- a group of people who are like minded and you're you're happier creating work with them. And like creating that like network that's less like reliant on like higher mm. levels of um, of industry. I mean, I don't know where that like necessarily gets you, but that's like I think why these these small kind of groups doing their own thing like are are um, all over the place. I yes, I, that is very true. Although the same time, you know, those the industry standards, whether you're talking about art or comedy, are still mm-hmm. very much present. Mm-hmm. Art is still it's still in the game of institutions and galleries, and just like Absolutely. you know, hopefully, like and yet, you know, yeah, you want to become the young hotshot artist, and you don't, you know, and then you get that institutional support. But it's still the same thing in the comedy world, and sure. maybe there's a route to becoming like institutionally favored because you, and maybe you're you're in a weirder spot to begin with, but like the trajectory and the goal is still like getting the half hour special on Comedy Central and it's still getting the auditions to like get on TV shows and it's all, you know, that's still where that money is and there's, that's spread out more and you know, there's more content platforms and all this sort of stuff and like there's a little bit more of like a demarketizing process there but there's, um I don't know if there's like a separate world per se that is like where you can get that high end without, you know, getting the like, you know, the big the big uh, the big people, the big wigs to like yeah. give, you, give you the thumbs up. No, I think that's a sobering perspective and I think you're right. <laughs> um, I think there's sort of a an enthusiasm with a lot of people to, uh, including myself, to look at how things are changing and get excited about that. And then, but it is like in reality, it exists in the same universe as anything in art or fashion or anything else. Like there are gatekeepers and there are particular things and it's very difficult for most people to get anywhere beyond that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, you can make it through if you like, in this very, you know, entrepreneurial short deck sense, if you like really get a following, a lot of people like you and like, you're a total freak, but like people respond and like, and then, but like, it's still this like, but then you get the institutional approval and then you get that rubber stamp and then you get, you know, mm-hmm. and I say this as someone who is like desperately trying to like get mainstream <laughs> approval and is like going on auditions and like trying to be on TV shows and yeah, like yeah. get all that, you know, support. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm just like a guilty, like loser capitalist troll like anyone else. And just Mm -hmm. like, I, you know, your passion is writing coffee. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I live to see my copy on the, (sighs) on a door hanger at a Hyatt hotel. I've seen you get passionate about copy. I have to say. Thank you. I don't know Mm. if I should be thanking you for that. Mm. But yeah, without that institution, just like the artists that have been like professors I've had that were that have like drained every grant program in New York. And yeah, I they mean, just every day. It'd be great if there was stuff. more just like a broader institutional support rather mm-hmm. for, for art and comedy. Um, but you know, this isn't, you know, Sweden. Right. Yet. Right. But I think that also like, you know, we're, you know, we are products of our culture. And I think, you know, there's kind of people, comedians come out of, they, they they've been thrown out by society and they're clawing their way back up and they're in basements and like that's how they get their fire you know mm-hmm. so you can't just give them a paycheck right I mean and you you know you look at the art coming <laughs> out of these <laughs> North the Scandinavian <laughs> countries and it's not that interesting okay uh, yeah. go to Denmark go to Sweden I, I mean, mean what do they do I mean you what know they're you, called so like news fish? Fest. like they do a lot of fish joke like don't they mostly eat fish. Mm-hmm. Lots no. of fish jokes. A lot of yeah. pescatarian-based yeah. mm-hmm. comedy, which just, you know, it gets old. Yeah. I think, though, that uh, to go back to what you guys were saying just a minute ago, that it does not seem to me, I think, or your audience is that you think that artists or you think that comedians are stupid or anything like that or that you're making fun of. And I think earlier um, I misspoke inadvertently when I said you're making art the object of fun. And I think like art capital A is maybe the object of fun, but I think in terms of artists or comedians or these communities and things like that, what you are doing is really funny satire. And typically it requires a pretty intimate relationship with something and caring about it to satirize it versus just making fun of it. Because it's really easy to just clown on something, right? Yeah. I mean... You obviously care because you sit we around and you make up a... gossips as well. I'm yeah. sure you and, are. And, you know, and gossip is fun. It's, you know, yeah. it's as old as time. We just like to laugh. 
you know? We Yeah, but we do like, you know, and Eric is always telling me, punch up. And, and you know, because I maybe have a tendency to punch down. Yeah. But it's hard, you know, when you're on you top. Have a, <laughs> um, exactly, you have a superiority <laughs> complex. Right. Um, but I think what I mean to say is that it's pretty evident that uh, the effort that you put into doing these monthly shows or doing, I mean, I like that you guys described the ones as field trips and that the format changes, but you put a pretty insane amount of effort into doing something that is basically for a room of people who are there at the time who have, you know, a really good experience and then leave and you're bringing people joy. And as much as we want to be cynical or kind of make fun of these things, like it's kind of like, it seems like there's a lot of love of what you are doing and, I'm tingling. <laughs> you've you've really elucidated, you know, why we haven't gotten anywhere with our career in two years. Yeah, we, we, throw we throw free shows. Amazing free that show. Are really fun. We have a great time. Everyone has a great time. Everyone says how fun it is. Yes. We, you know, and then it's over. Drink tickets for everyone, and then done. Yep. <laughs> then we do it again. We like right. force ourselves to do it again next right. month. Where does it get us? Um, but I think to your point, you know, I really I care about the audience experience. No, I, I know want you them guys. To, it's I pretty know, obvious, I or want you wouldn't them, take yeah. the time to do what you're doing. And I, you know, that is something that we, I think, like you know, my favorite kind of app really does does that the same thing. You know, they really think about what the experience is like for the person who is interacting with it. I just want people to have a ton of fun from the second they walk in to the second they leave. And I don't. And I, I really so I like. You know, we really take responsibility for like the comics and like the where we put them, and just like making sure the show like stays in this way where it feels alive the whole time and it never loses that that momentum. Um, I love to host. Yeah, I love to entertain. Um, and so I don't, you know, I don't like. It's not like you know, if like a comic bombs, I'm not just like, oh well, whatever. It's just like you know, I really like, you know, that's like up to us to like really bring it back or just like, and I, you know, and I want also want people to just like succeed and and love performing and love the moment. So. Yeah, that's kind of our, our goal. Our goal Same. is very, like, I mean, that's very, like, saccharine and basic, but it's just, like, we just want people to enjoy themselves. And that, it's, like, that's kind of the first thing. So, like, we need to make sure that's happening before. And we also want to be validated. Um, that's huge. Mm-hmm. is also a big part. Yeah. Um, this can go hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you have to give a little to get a little. You know what I mean? Yes. You can't just get all the attention without giving a little attention to is your anything, audience. Is anything off limits with your nights? Or have you ever had to <sighs> say no to each other or other people? We need In more life. boundaries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need more boundaries. <laughs> For sure. I think boundaries would help. Boundaries are good. Yeah. You know, we go a little long sometimes. Shoot. It gets a little sloppy on the edges. Very you sloppy, know, As you mentioned, messy. kind of crowding the hallway to get in. You know, no. we're told like we have to, you know, up the ante a little bit, get a little more formal, get a little more professionalized. At the same time, I love that rawness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just brings this wild energy that I think people really respond to. I uh, think it's the Boston upbringing i yeah. as you know i mean i'm raw as they come mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i you know south side south southy southy as wow. you know, south boston you know vaughn and bread you know as i said very <laughs> irish very mm-hmm. catholic um my dad raised me with a as a fisherman as a, <laughs> as a fisherman <laughs> as a fisherman no uh one of his great uh bits of not so much advice but he just drilled it into me it was like uh 1918 we were just that doesn't Women got the right to no. It's a year. The Red Sox didn't win. Oh, curse of the Bambino. Yeah. Yeah. And me. so, like, I was raised in a weird way to yell in nineteen eighteen. But I guess that doesn't translate. Well, I mean, as you know, they have won the World Series several times in our in our time. Uh, We've just reached the ceiling of my knowledge. Anyways, of sorry, <laughs> well, when, derailed. But when is the next talk hole? Yeah. Oh God, great question. Um, well, you don't have to have a date, but we will don't. we will we have more coming up? Absolutely. Yes, we we have some huge plans in the works. Yes, we've got some pretty new, ambitious projects coming up that we're actually very excited about. And new venues. We'll pitches. stay mum on for now. Okay. But we've got some things in the works that we're. You know, mm-hmm. if you're talking about art, you're talking about comedy, you know, you're <laughs> going to like what we've got in store for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, continue to do our regular show as well, Isha Roma, and we'll be getting a date on that very soon, hopefully. Cool. Let me know Ooh. so that I can blast it out to people. Oh, that would be great. I feel like we just should say the date that we have right now. Eh, whatever. It's, it's in the 20s. <laughs> 
of August? I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. So mark your calendar. Anyway, you're always telling me to embrace ambiguity, so I'd like to do that in this Great. moment um, and not really pin ourselves to a date, but just like do and do follow us on Twitter and Instagram yeah. and on oh Facebook so that they can stay up to date. Don't miss this opportunity Absolutely. for promotion. That's true. Facebook.com slash tackle, tackle.tumblr.com, twitter.com slash gossip babies, and Eric Schwartz as well. Do you guys still use Tumblr? I well, I may I meticulously, painstakingly maintain our Tumblr, and it is a gorgeous repository of the work that we've done. It is pretty good. I was on it today. Mm. Oh, get out of town! You. Oh, I think I was too. Yeah, uh, yeah that was it a says Tumblr. Art adjacent. It says art adjacent on it. That I think mm-hmm. you. I thought did was, you? I thought no, you was didn't cute. coin that term. Who? Someone coined. A that. friend coined that term to me, and then I sort of adopted it. Art adjacent comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I ha- I don't have the password for the Tumblr. <laughs> I, it's, he, Stephen refuses to give it to me. Can I have the password? We'll talk. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, boys. Thanks for coming on. It has and a 16 or anything in it, but. <gasps> ah. All, all of mine do. Oh, my God. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you to Steven. Thank you to Eric. Thank, Thank you to Darcy. Thank you. And uh, yeah, let us know when your show is, and you know, we'll tell folks. It's in the 20s. Asia Roma. <laughs> Th- thank you thanks. both so much. This was really Sean fun. Sean and Darcy, this was great. Bye. Oh, bye.